Hi there and welcome to another Oslo podcast. My name's Todd Fraser. This podcast comes to you from the 25th annual Newsom meeting of the ANZICS Clinical Trials Group. Diabetic ketoacidosis remains a serious disorder in young diabetic patients and it's said that poor management causes more harm than the disease itself. In partnership with insulin, fluid and electrolyte management are keys to avoiding complications. Professor Bala Venkatesh is a world-leading intensivist and critical care researcher, and he joins the podcast to discuss a new trial, BEST DKA. Bala, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Why do a fluids trial in DKA? I think it's a, it's a, it's a very important clinical question that needs to be answered. As people know, with DKA, one of the key clinical features is severe dehydration when they present. And so fluid treatment is one of the cornerstones of therapy for patients with DKA. And so the, the question then is, what's the best fluid for them? And guidelines and clinical practice seem to align with normal saline or 0.9% saline. And that's not based on any solid randomized clinical trial data. Yep. And therefore, both based on physical chemical principles of acid base and based on preliminary data, it would appear that balanced fluids would be a better choice for patients with DKA, but that needs to be tested in a formal trial. So can we challenge that for a moment? The, yes. the principal argument against normal saline, obviously, is its tendency to create metabolic acidosis. Yes. What, what evidence is there around whether that is causing harm to the patient or whether it's an innocent bystander? So, so there are... Well, so in, in critically ill patients in general, there have been a number of large-scale fluid trials... Um, you know, we've had the PLUS recently, we've had the BASICS trial, we've had the SALT ED, the SMART, the SPLIT. The, one of the concerns, I think it's, it's well recognised that normal saline usage causes hyperchloremia, which then is associated with a metabolic acidosis. There's also an association between hyperchloremia and renal outcomes, adverse renal outcomes and AKI. And that's been shown in one of the large RCTs. Mm. And that's in the general core of heterogeneous core of critically ill patients, specifically in DKA, where the primary problem is a metabolic acidosis, where it starts with a raised anion gap metabolic acidosis and then converts to a normal anion gap metabolic acidosis as a consequence of saline treatment, as well as renal reabsorptive mechanisms. The question then is, is that, should we be doing that? And is it actually bad for the patient if there's a bit of non-anion gap acidosis? I guess the first thing is always, there's the potential for misinterpreting the persistent acidosis as ongoing ketosis. That's a potential problem, yeah. although there are only case reports of that. Yeah. The second issue is that there are a number of anecdotal reports that the persistence of the acidosis can lead to persistent nausea and vomiting and delay in establishing enteral intake, which is in fact one of the key things that endocrinologists would like to see happening yep. with DKA. They would just want people to get back onto a normal diet, 
so they can give the insulin. And so, and then of course, in trials, in um, trials which have looked at this question in a pediatric trial, the from South Australia, the use of saline as compared to Hartman's was associated with a slightly longer length of stay in intensive care. In in adults, we have done a very important feasibility trial called the SCOPE DKA trial, which was led by Mahesh Ramanan from from um, collaboration, um, and um, he looked at plasma light versus saline. It was an open label study, a cluster crossover study, and looked at seven intensive care units in Queensland, and essentially we showed a a faster reversal of acidosis with plasma light and a non-significant trend towards a reduced length of stay in ICU as well as in the hospital when given plasma light as compared to saline. Is there any suggestion, Bala, that the acidosis caused by um uh, normal saline use is contributing to ongoing metabolic disturbance in terms of the ketoacidosis. No, there's no evidence that the use of saline propagates the ketosis. The use of saline contributes to the non-anion gap acidosis, which may then result in GI symptoms or potentially renal dysfunction. In a small pediatric study from a tertiary center in India, in children with DKA, comparing plasma light versus saline, they overall there were no differences between the two groups. So it's only a 60 patient study, but what they did find was again a non significant trend towards a higher incidence of renal dysfunction in the saline group as compared to the plasma light group. This is in patients with DKA. Mm. So and the only way to resolve this question, whether this DKA is associated with, whether the saline, continued saline treatment is associated with any harm, or in fact there's no harm, is to do a formal phase three trial, a large-scale trial, and that's not been done so far. Yeah. Um, it's been fairly well established, as I understand it, that balanced fluids can, in fact, uh, normalize the pH or create a reduced risk of metabolic acidosis, as it were. Is that right? Yes. Um, so the premise here is that by using a balanced um, solution, you'll be able to get the pH to normalise faster and then have some potential benefits to the patient. The, yeah, so we would then be able to, if the patients, as a consequence of normalisation of pH, the patients are clinically better, um, a, the clinicians are also more comfortable in discharging patients from intensive care if the acidosis is seen to have resolved as compared to a persistent acidosis, yep. number one. And also, and why would, why would plasma light actually make ketosis better? Again, our hypothesis is that by improving their GI symptoms, if patients are able to tolerate their intake better, then their normal diets can be established, insulin treatment can be go back to their normal baseline, and so their ketosis resolves faster. 
So whereabouts is best DKA in its evolution at the moment? So we, um, we have got a protocol which is under ethics review. We have identified um, between 20 and 25 intensive care units all over Australia. We have had initial contact with the intensivists in each of those hospitals who have indicated their willingness to be part of the trial. We have sought support from Baxter for the supply of blinded fluids, and we've got that. Um, and we are applying for, um, and we go, well, we obviously need to go through the ethics approvals and all the other regulatory steps, of course. And then the next step would be startup meetings. We would also like to find more funding support to obviously pay the sites for their uh, role there. And, um, and most importantly, I think to say is that the management committee is uh, obviously as we have taken the lead as intensive care physicians in doing fluid trials, looking at saline versus balanced fluids. But it's important that this concept has broader input. And so we've got ED physicians in the management committee. We have got um, endocrinologists in the management committee, obviously statisticians. We've got health economics people. But most importantly, right from the very beginning, we've had consumers. Tell us a little bit more about that. How, how do you um, engage with them and what do, you add, uh, what do they add productively to, to the concept? So, the, so, the, so the, 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 the consumers we have, they have been involved right from the conception of this trial mm. all the way through protocol development, through the grant applications. Um, and when we've had feedback from ethics about consent, about follow-up, and so on, we have sought their input to say, look, this is what the ethics have come back with. Do you think, I mean, we've sought input from the management committee, but obviously the consumer thing is yeah. important. You know, do you think at day 28, what questions, when we do a follow-up telephone call, what questions can we ask of the patient? What do you think you've gone through DKA as a patient? You've, you've gone through the process. What do you think is appropriate? Um, and so they have given us some valuable feedback about functional status, about have they been able to get back to work? How many days were they off work? Mm. I think these are very important questions. Bala, with the study, what will you be comparing and what is the patient group that you're including? So we are looking at patients with moderate to severe DKA and there are standard criteria to mm -hmm. identify those and we've got those. Yep. We are... Um, and these are patients above the age of 16 and we are also looking um, and we are comparing plasmalite with a saline both of which will be will be supplied as blended fluids yep. and will be a cluster crossover trial so the all the ICUs taking part will be randomized to fluid one for 12 months a washout period followed by randomization to fluid two for 12 months yep um, you mentioned there that they're all going to be older than 16. Yes. In adult um, DKA, the mortality, for example, is, is fairly low. Yes. What are the outcomes that you will be looking at as part of the study? Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. So thankfully, the mortality is low in DKA. Yeah. So the primary outcome for us is days alive and out of hospital by day 28. Yeah. 
So that is the primary outcome. We are collecting a whole raft of secondary outcomes, which includes ICU length of stay, and obviously organ support, renal injury, and, and time to res resolution of ketosis, cerebral edema, all these considerations that, that come up in the care of DKA patients. We've got all those yeah. secondary outcomes. Yeah. But the primary outcome is not mortality. Uh, and um, um, But although we will capture data in the unlikely event that a patient yeah. does not survive by day 28, we will have the data, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so that's, um, that's, that's, the, um, that's where we are. Valor, if there are people out there listening to this podcast who are interested in becoming involved in Best DKA, how do they go about doing so? We would be delighted for people to get in touch with us. Um, they can either email me directly or email the George Institute people. Uh, my email is bvenkatesh at georgeinstitute.org.au uh, and um, we would be delighted for people to join us. Bala, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Thanks for joining us. Todd, thank you. And thank you for your wonderful work and for your contribution to the scientific community. Thank you very much, Bala. Okay, all the best. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. For more great interviews just like this one, download our free app, My Osler, or visit our website at oslercommunity.com.